Welcome to Stuck at Home with Cliff Dorfman and Jason Smith. Here are your hosts, Jason Smith and Cliff Dorfman. Huzzah. Welcome to a new episode of Stuck at Home with me, Cliff Dorfman, and uh, this guy. Hello, Mother. It's me, Jason. We're going to get into this right away. Uh, <laughs> Jason Smith. Uh, do you hear a fuzzy thing in my... In my <laughs> I don't hear a fuzzy thing, but you are sitting static? nice and close today. Static? Oh, no, I mean, you made me turn it down a little bit, but you sound good. You sound good. Turn it down like that? Yeah, you sound like good. That. All right, cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so... Do we want to just, I mean, I want, I want to get into this. Yes, absolutely. A very exciting day. So let's, let's do this. Yeah, I have, I mean, I have <laughs> I even, so many questions. All right. So we should just jump right in. So our guest today, very special guest, close to my heart, this show already in, in only seven episodes, HBO Max. What is this like? The biggest show now? on, on Biggest show on HBO Max. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not surprising. It's, just renewed for season two. I, <laughs> of course it is. Season three also. I mean, this thing is already now seven episodes in. And I told you, I said this the week it came out, right? The morning, that Friday morning it came out, I said, I swear this thing could be like a Game of Thrones. Yep. Right? Yes, you did. That's what I'm saying. That's what I think is going on here. So let's do this without any further. You okay, Jess? Oh, yeah. You sure? Oh, yeah. Oh, smile? yeah. Can we get a smile? That's not really a smile. That's really, you're not that good today. I want, I want to see a real Jason smile. Don't make me call your mom. Oh, yes, ma'am. Sorry, mother. Yeah. Sorry, mother. I want oh. to be of I want to be of use, mother. Okay, good. Be of use. Smile, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Without any further ado, I am a big fan. Aaron Guzkowski. Yes, Aaron. Hey, hey there. Welcome to the show. How you doing? Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. It's great oh, to be here. It's really great to have you. So, where are you? you in L.A. or out of the state? With yeah, I'm in the valley. I'm in the valley right now. So uh, a little okay. smoky out here. A little smoky. Yeah, I'm in Calabasas. We've been uh, choking on the smoke for a week now. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I'm I'm right next to you. I'm in Woodland Hills. So, uh, oh, you know, whatever. yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so uh, yeah, you're hunkered in. Okay, I get it. Us too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Not much anymore, brother. I got to tell you. So, first of all, congratulations on all the success of Raised by Wolves. This thing nice. is a powerhouse. It's a behemoth already. How you feeling? I'm uh, feeling great. Uh, I've been working on it for forever, it feels like. So this has been amazing, you know, just uh, to see it being, you know, being received the way it's being received. And the, the season two was, you know, incredibly exciting. So uh, congratulations on that. Thank you. Thanks so much. Yeah. No, I'm psyched. I'm psyched. I mean, right. You're just like, it's real, right? I hear you. I hear you. It's real, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this that's what you, want to, right? what you want to keep hearing in TV. Yeah, exactly. Is it <laughs> right? We keep going with this? All right, good. Thank you. Yeah, you this is really going on, right? Like, this, okay, yeah. I got you. Now, you said, I have so many questions, so I'm going to start at the beginning. You said there was a very long development process. Yeah. So how, could you tell me a little about it? Sure. Um, well, I uh, I spent a lot of time with it before I kind of showed it to anybody. For a few years, I worked on it, uh, different aspects of it, aspects of the planet, all these kind of uh, ideas that ended up ended up in the show. Uh, at some point, I came up with the idea of these two androids raising raising humans as being sort of the main characters, kind of the way into this this whole world. Um, and that kind of just lit a fuse. And um, so then I wrote the pilot. I just wrote it on spec. And um, ended up hooking up with the Scott Free people. How great are they? 
Oh, they're amazing. Uh, great producers. They're awesome. So I was psyched just for the fact that they were producing. Um, yeah, and it's and, a family-run factory. Like everyone there is yep. family, the wife, the kid, everyone's involved. Yeah, it's amazing. It's great. So I was psyched just to be, you know, just to be uh, working with them. Well, did uh, you know that Ridley was going to direct it from the get? No, I didn't. See, it wasn't because originally that wasn't That's the plan. Awesome. You know, they they had just they uh, they hooked up with me, and then you know, after a couple of weeks, Ridley finally ended up reading the the script, and um, I, I guess he just really responded to it. You know, he got inspired. He as soon as what I've been told is as soon as he finished reading it. He just started drawing. He started drawing the storyboards, you know, starting from page one, and he just kept he storyboarded the whole thing. It was uh, it was amazing. It really it was like this beautiful comic book he made, um, you know. Holy shit! I mean, so what's the first time you get to look at those storyboards? Uh, it was it was fairly early on. I, the first time I went in to meet him, he was actually still working on some of them, and uh, we had our first meeting that day. And uh, I grew up drawing as well. I went to art school and, and stuff like that. So I got to, you know, do a little sketching with him. Stuff like that. Don't you have a master's? Uh, yeah, no, no. But uh, what, do you, what do you have? You have a bachelor's? I know there were like two uh, nice, impressive degrees. What's up, Jason? Oh, you need to turn your volume up a little bit. You're talking See? quiet today. I know, First time right? ever. Is this better? Yeah, Is this much better? better. Yeah, that's okay, better. Say sorry about that. All right, Aaron, let's get back to that. <laughs> Yeah, my degrees are totally non-existent. I did go to art school for many years, but never was I awarded a degree. Unfortunately, uh, I think I didn't just roll with it, Aaron. I know, I know exactly. Yeah, degrees, <laughs> masters, they're all over just the wall. Just let me misspeak <laughs> and, and prop you up a little more, okay? You have a master's. <laughs> Much obliged. Much obliged. Yeah. So you get to look at these drawings now, and what the hell yeah. is your mind just like? What happens? It's amazing because I grew up, you know, loving Ridley Scott, loving his movies, and uh, and I'd seen his storyboards before. You know, I was a huge fan, uh, so it was mind blowing because I think really the whole time I had been working on it, and I had been working on it for a long time before, you know, I hooked up with Ridley. Uh, you know, it was just always kind of like this is all well and good on the page, but how who's going to make this, and uh, and how bad are they going to try and fuck it all up? You know. <laughs> you know, finally get it on screen. Uh, you know, what are they going to try and change it into? That's completely <laughs> nothing to do with what we just, you know, what I just wrote. Um, so, you know, so I kind of took that, but, you know, hooking up with Scott Free was a great start. Cause I knew, okay, they get it. They get this show. But, uh, but as soon as Ridley was like, I'm going to direct this, it was, uh, you know, the whole thing just picked up steam like crazy. Uh, and, we were in line. And next thing I know, what's that? I'm sorry. Had you written a bunch of episodes at this point or was it the pilot with the world building all done? I, I wrote the pilot. Um, I wrote sort of a Bible. And then I also wrote the uh, episodes two and three, uh, which okay. actually ended up being episodes two, three, and four because they were much longer, actually. So See, they, I knew uh, it. That was my next, that was my next yeah. thing. They were split up somewhere in the, along the line, right? Yeah. They were, lines. yeah. Exactly, exactly. So I, I did all that. And that was kind of, you know, sort of the, uh, just to kind of prove to the network, kind of like, you know, that we knew what we were doing and, you know, kind of give them the, an, an idea of what to expect. That so, Ridley uh, Scott and you knew what you guys were doing right. after you wrote Prisoners. <laughs> right. I think it was more about, a couple of things. I mean, yeah, I think they, they knew he knew what he was doing. I think it was more, uh, it was more on me to, uh, to prove that. Uh, but he was, he was good it's to amazing. go. I mean, he was every level. Yeah. It's at yeah. every level. It doesn't yeah. stop. I mean, that's why I brought it up. It's like, believe me, I'd have to go in there with the origami and dioramas and 3d, like, like 4d cat stuff. Trust yeah. me, yeah, no, getting it, an idea of it. It's hard. Yeah, it's hard to sell an idea that's not just like another idea, you know, and it's obviously there's elements in here that, 
you know, of, of lots of science fiction fare from the past. But if you take the whole thing as a whole, it, it's pretty, it's pretty out there, you know, as you know, in terms of what, uh, you normally see on TV. So yeah, I knew okay, it was, so, so. I'm gonna, that was me easing you. That was lube. That was me yeah. easing you into <laughs> this. Okay. That was very, yeah. so I'm going to just tell you how I watched the show. I watched the show without knowing a thing about it. Cool. Thursday night, late. And there's no promo. I didn't know who directed it. I didn't know you wrote it. Prisoners is one of my, that movie still stays in. It's one of my favorites. Awesome. Yeah. Was, did you come up with the hole in the ground first and build the rest of the movie on it? Or it was the hole in the uh, ground, like a third act thing. You're like, holy shit, the hole in the ground under the car. It That came a little later. I, I had been working on it for a little while before the hole in the ground appeared. But it was it was pretty, it was early-ish, but it, it wasn't amongst the first things that I figured out. It did it did take a little bit of a uh, little bit of something for that to, uh, to percolate. Well, everything I do is connected because we're going to get to the hole okay. in, in a bit here. Good. So so let's Good. start. Right? So I yeah. watched this show and already I didn't know you wrote it because had I known that and I'm looking at it, I'm like, who the fuck wrote this? This thing is so well paced and it's so compelling and interesting. And then at the end where she goes nuts, the necromancer, Lamia goes nuts <laughs> and blows everything. I had to stop and watch it again. And then I text Jason. And then the next day we were talking about it on the show. And yeah. first thing I said was this thing has Game of Thrones written all over it. Like it's, oh, it's wow. that big. You're starting to build the first kingdom. Yeah, that's really interesting. You said that. Yeah, I, I, I do kind of think of it. I mean, Game of Thrones, that's very, that, that's awesome. But I, in terms of, you know, this is kind of a, a game board. It's completely empty in a lot of ways, you know, that you're slowly now putting the pieces on the board. You know, you're starting at the mm -hmm. very beginning on this big empty planet as all these refugees from Earth, you know, are going to arrive, you know, over time and, you know, try and stake their claim to stuff, you know, start planting flags and, uh, <laughs> You know, seeing that from the very beginning is uh, is interesting, given you know where we're at here with this planet. You know, so many years down the line, and you know, so much. Uh, well, yeah, that's yeah. the biggest thing that it's you're you're using you know believers and non-believers as the metaphor for everything we're going through. But wait, wait, don't let me get ahead. Let me go with the title now. So yeah. the title, "Raised by Wolves," is this a Remo and Romulus thing of of the Romans' idea of being raised by wolves and Rome was created? Uh, it's definitely a nod to that. For sure. Um, also to, you know, just in general, we have a lot of, uh, you know, storylines here that have to do with creators and their creations and that kind of uh, uneasy relationship that uh, often exists, especially uh, from the, the creations uh, point of view, you know, not really knowing. Uh, you know, I only know what I know about, you know, uh, my creator, my, or like our parents, you know, sort of thing. You think you know them and then one day you get older and then you feel, oh, okay, that's how right. oh, I really know you. Yeah, yeah like really flawed. Yeah, right. Indeed. Okay. So now you ready? Put on my glasses. Oh. So oh, excellent. Here's what I'm saying. So the first thing I'm going to talk about is crop circle significance. Yes, yes. What's going on with the design and the crop circles? Is this supposed to be some kind of idea of nod? You tell me. Uh, it's interesting. It, it can conjure that for sure. The, the crop circles we're all very familiar with and we, we've seen. Um, but there are there is actually uh, an explanation for these ones, uh, which is I different so. than what we've seen on Earth. Uh, they, all of these uh, carbo fields, they all grow in this strange spiral shape. Uh, and the reason being, they're actually all growing out of the coiled bones of these serpents that died and that are under the ground. So that's why they all take on this weird sort of coiled up, you know, uh, design, very crop circle-esque uh, when they grow. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of where that, uh, the, yeah, what's going well, on. 
you just led to my next question, which was what the hell are the bones? What were the bones? And are we yeah. going to see them? Yeah, well, that's that's a big question from, from what we can tell, you know. <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> you know the answer, by the way. I do, I do. I know, so I have to kind of pretend. But I, but I, I think. Well, you know, the way they first manifest is kind of like these are the dinosaurs of this planet. You know, they're not here anymore. We don't see any you know, sign of them, but they're yeah. for sure. The bones uh, definitely tell a tale of some uh, some really uh, serious, gnarly-looking beasts that once uh, roamed this planet. But that's all they know about them: bones. You know, and they kind of just treat them the way we kind of treat dinosaur bones just sort of like a curiosity you know it doesn't really there's no threat you know it, it feels like it's far and gone you know sort of thing um and whether or not that's really the case uh we'll have to find out but in terms of what we've seen so far it's just bones so we but have could they to be back. serpent bones oh well they are yeah for okay, let's be clear they, let's be clear yeah <laughs> all, all, pretty much all the skeletons they found and the only seemingly the only life form that they found evidence of on this planet uh, except for these other creatures that emerge uh, after the beginning of season one starts up, uh, are these serpents, these giant kind of similar, about the size of a titanoboa, these giant, you know, things that used to exist on Earth, these kind of prehistoric serpents that could like, you know, wrap themselves around King Kong. That's how big they were, you know. Uh, but uh, yeah, so uh, okay, there's okay. a lot of, you know, and we don't really know. They're, they're mysterious, but we do know that there probably was a time when these things uh dominated this place uh, let's be clear you know let's move on yeah. now i'm gonna ask you this and it's kind of a twofold thing why number six okay mm -hmm. uh for you know you know why was yeah. number six the, yeah. the baby and also you have a line that you wrote that i i know you took a lot of care in writing about yeah. how number five relates to the manifestation of all things yeah yeah now well before wait wait <laughs> let's talk about Lamia, aka mother, yeah. and the idea that Lamia's lucky number is five, and yeah. that it's Muslim for the daughter of Poseidon. Go. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Well, and numerology definitely factors in here uh, in a variety of ways. So if you if you do pay attention, it does reward uh, those those who do. Um, and five specifically, um, you know, we we find out that mother, you know, obviously the androids have a special kind of fixation on numbers and like to apply them to life and so on and so forth. And the number five especially has a significance as they're always talking about how all the manifestations of life, you know, have some aspect of this, like the five fingers of the hand, you know, certain flowers, you know, five petals or whatever, the five senses, all of these mm -hmm. sorts of things. And it turns out, you know, she has six children and five of them actually end up dying. And it's the sixth child that ends up surviving. And even, you know, the number six also has its own, you know, connotations that go along with it. Well, thus um, is five is the manifestation of all things being six growing up to lead. Right. Per se. Right. Yeah, per se. Yeah. And there are different ways, you know, different, if five means one thing when you're speaking of religion and it means a different thing, you know, when you're talking about nature and things like that, and then you go and you think about technology and the ways it can apply to all of that. Um, but definitely, I think if you pay attention, uh, it, it's, it's full of numbers because this is a show about two androids. I think it's, uh, it definitely, I think factors into their, the way they see things. Okay, I think you mean, you know, and we're paying yeah. attention, Aaron. So let's yeah. just, yes, this okay. is real. Let's go back to the beginning yeah. of this where we established this is all happening. Yes. Right? Yeah. Everyone's yeah. paying attention. So let's, yeah. let's, let's continue. Okay. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, what's the meaning of father's jokes? This is uh, just an yeah. easy one. Yeah, just, well, you know, 
You know, there's there's a few meanings. Uh, first, we don't know uh, what father was before he was reprogrammed to be a caregiver. Uh, by this time of the season, we figured out what mother used to be. We, we, we know that from the pilot, more or less. Uh, but we know that father's a totally different kind of android. He's more of like a Ford truck. They call him a generic service model. You know, there were mm -hmm. thousands of them produced. They did a whole variety of different things. They, they weren't considered to be that special, but you know, they're, they're, they get the job done, you know, kind of thing. Right. And so in terms of his fixation on comedy, we, I can't necessarily reveal that without, you know, telling you where exactly he came from, which I we know. don't know yet. And we're but not finding then, that out this season? Uh, actually, well, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> we'll see about that. Uh, well, but I mean, say, us and again, go on. Yeah, he has an interesting sort of, I mean, he, he has a real fixation and a sort of a fascination with, you know, things that he doesn't necessarily have an understanding of, one of them being comedy. And he, he's really kind of has this, he's trying to formulate, you know, these jokes. He's trying, he has really no understanding of what it is, but he, he know that he knows the kids like it if he can just get them right, you know, and obviously he has, a, you know, he's programmed to be a father. So obviously he has that, you know, they probably included a whole bunch of them, but beyond that, he wants to get better. You know, he actually sees the, you the know, conundrum. Room for, yeah, the, yeah, exactly. And he sees and the door is always a door. A door, right? Uh, unless it's a jar, and then. <laughs> but it's still always and, a door. Yes, oh. and he and he has his partner Android, who is in, in no way amused by his jokes at all. You know, he has no <laughs> sense of humor at all, and uh, and is completely unamused. But uh, but but he doesn't care. You know, he's so. You know, he just keeps on going. He doesn't give up. He's he's uh, he's going to keep telling those jokes uh, no matter what. And something else maybe is also connected to it that we might see unfold. Yes. Yes, okay. indeed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, uh, here's a, a broader question because I know you spent a lot of time on the world building. Are you yeah. structuring your world building because uh, based on the Bible? Is this Genesis? And are we seeing? I feel to me, you know, mm -hmm. Luke is fighting with himself. It's like wrestling with an angel. And yeah. coming back a different leader. I mean, I'm seeing even the structures that you're building. They look a little like Babylon, some towers. Am I wrong? What's going on? Uh, I, you're not wrong. You're not wrong or right necessarily. I think there is definitely, I mean, it's odd. There's definitely Old Testament stuff on this planet. So we have to wonder why, you know, it does seem, you know, you have a, a serpent, you, know, you see serpent bones, you have what could, could be considered, you know, some version of the Garden of Eden, uh, you have these, you know, these two characters who are, you know, starting human life here uh, for the first time. So there's definitely allusions to these kind of Old Testament ideas, as well as, you know, stuff from other mythology and legends and, and stuff like that, that are kind of in our DNA as human beings. Well, the creatures. And the creatures themselves, uh, and as to what, you know, and they, the, they have a story as well, I think, that in a lot of ways, uh, you know. Are the, they vampiric? Uh, well, we'll see. Uh, for what we can tell there so far, though, they, they seem aggressive and angry, but they don't seem yes. to be they don't seem to be necessarily meat eaters. They haven't actually tried to eat anyone. Right. They've attacked people, but they haven't actually tried to eat them. Um, do they so, shape shift? Am I imagining that? They do not, but they okay. they are subterranean. So I think what we do know about them is mm -hmm. they were underground up until very recently, and when that giant arc crashed into the ground kind of severed the earth as it were and these things have been kind of making their way into the light for the first time uh, in a long time yeah, so don't uh, overlook that art crash there's yeah you know there's ramifications of everything it's a footprint 
huge, huge. It's like the big kind of activation of so many things, you know, not, you know, the, the, their arrival, but also just the crashing itself and, you know, the kind of, uh, rendering this planet and all of the everything that comes out of it it's it's kind of the, this it's ultimate deep. lightning bolt yeah okay so speaking of deep now man let's get to the hole yeah let's, let's get, get to the, the hole so things grow in it that we can eat and use as bait things climb yeah. out of it so things can live in it and the yeah. first thing she said when she looked down the hole was retrievable yes What's going on metaphorically literally figuratively well, I mean, metaphorically, uh, so many things. Uh, <laughs> the, abyss, the abyss, the black hole, the, the abyss, the unknown. You know, the uh, the the bottomless pit. Uh, yeah. You know, something we're all very familiar with now. I feel like we're all kind of falling into the bottomless pit again. But, again um, this is this is mirroring what's happening in society, even though it's set so far ahead. Yeah, yeah. Sadly, I sadly there are there are parallels for sure, um, and I think you know. I, some of that, you know, inspired me, you know, years ago, I think, because our world has been, you know, things have gotten really bad now, but they were, they were getting there a few years ago. Uh, there were definitely uh, some signs. Yeah, when you started writing it, you weren't exactly certain how on top of the zeitgeist you were. No, no, I wasn't. But I, I, I in a lot of ways, you know, I'm a pretty, I love a happy ending. You know, I'm not, uh, I mean, oh, I love- really? I know it's weird. I, I love dark. I've seen more. prisoners like three times, man. <laughs> like to Come me, prisoners is a happy ending in a, in a weird way, and it, to me, it almost is. It's kind of because uh, really? I knew what all the other endings could have been, and they were way, way darker than. Uh, but there's still an escape possible, is what you're saying. Is it right? There's still right. There's still some something afterwards. It's not just over, you know, kind of thing. I, I think that's the uh, permanence is something I have a problem with. I guess. Well, yeah, but there's the hole in the ground in prisoners, and now the yeah. larger version of our hole in the ground here. Yes, yes, yeah. I know it's uh, I know it's something know. I can't get away from. It's this weird. I, I think it's these nightmares I had as a kid, and it had to do with like a hole in the ground, and somehow it just keeps mm. coming back in all these various forms. Um, so these are very different kinds of holes for sure. <laughs> uh, the uh, Holly Jones <laughs> hole, and you know the, that dug in her backyard there. That's uh, that's one <laughs> kind of hole, and then there's these holes where you know they appear and they're all the same size is the other thing that there does seem to be something about them that they're not just sinkholes they don't just randomly it seems uh, to happen I, it feels like something made them uh they do all seem to be about the same diameter uh so there is some you know interesting aspects to these holes that uh seem to apply to the the larger larger universe here and, and you know, no. Are we going to get deeper into this hole? Indeed, we are. In fact, <laughs> very much so. Yeah, quite literally, we're going to go right down in there. <laughs> eventually, eventually, we're going to go down Only here. It's stuck at home. Can we have this dual yeah. conversation? Oh, exactly. Only. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Yeah. So wait, we'll go back to this. So um, obviously, you're tackling racism and everything that's going on through these believers and non-believers, right? Yeah. Uh, is this was this an early inspiration in saying like the setup is we're going to go to a different world and we're going to have the same shit? That's a big part of it. Kind of like no matter where you go, you know, no matter where we go in the universe, we're going to be taking all our shit with us. You know, it, all of the unless you know we erase somebody's memory and then shoot them off to some planet. But even then, I think it's genetic. You know what I mean? It's it's it's, it's archived. It, yeah, yeah. It, it it kind of is. We have these cycles. And they happen over and over again. I think it's one of the questions the show kind of asks is, is this something we can break out of if we go to a new planet and we get a chance to do it all over again? Do we have it in us to, to do it differently? Or 
do we just do this? You know, is this our kind of, you know, our default default setting? Yeah. And all of a sudden we're seeing, oh shit, this is happening again. Right. Exactly. I mean, what a bummer it would be. We finally get, you know, 600, you know, however many light years across the galaxy. We're great. We did it. You know, we survived. The human race is going to continue. And then, you know, then two people start fighting with each other. You know what I mean? And it's. uh, Well, but you even tackled on the on the ship, a Me Too incident, you know, uh, uh, that was uh, said to be, you know, well, I heard the voice of Saul. And, you know, uh, you know, so you're really hitting a lot of buttons here. Yeah. Yeah. In the best of ways. Yeah, all of the, the all of the kind of darkness we have, you know, wrapped up in this planet um, is just rearing its ugly head, you know, as soon as we get to the new one, um, even before we get to the new one, as it were. Uh, so, yeah. Okay, well, speaking of that, let's go to the idea of empathy and what you're doing with it and how you're using it in the show with the androids. And, you know, I, here's what I wrote, though. How do you play with it between the children, the non-believers, the believers and the androids? Uh, you've thought of yeah. this about empathy, yes? Yeah, yeah. There's a lot about empathy here. And I think, you know, I don't think the show takes any real, you know, kind of, we're, we're not taking these positions in terms of, oh, of course, uh, you know, religious people will be this way. And, you know, those who are obsessed with technology will, you know, in terms of empathy, I think, you know, human beings all start at a, you know, the same sort of baseline. Um, but we're also dealing with children we're dealing with animals and we're dealing with androids and, you know, and all of these different, you know, versions of, uh, of, of, of beings and the different ways that they, you know, interpret the, the lives of others and how, you know, and to feel the feelings of others, you know, and how able they are to, to understand uh, the, the emotions of others and the thoughts of others. And, you know, we deal, I know we're dealing a lot with, the way, because I've always been fascinated just with the way the relationship kids have with animals. Okay, thanks. That's exactly where I was going. So please yeah, continue. Yeah, I, it's because, it's, you know, I have three kids, uh, three young kids, and, you know, so much of being a kid. You're doing okay, Aaron? Yeah, well, I'm here. Yeah, exactly. Doing fine. Yeah, exactly. I'm trying to uh, just, you okay. know, as many as possible that I want to <laughs> just go on. Yeah, edge of my bet. <laughs> Uh, but you know, it's, it's hard. You, you're raising these kids, all these yeah. stories about animals and all the talking animals and, you know, and, and the animals are great and they love them and pictures of them and stuffed animals and they're everywhere. And then one day it's like, yeah, they're not really, there's no animals out there. There's some squirrels and mostly they're in these, you know, these prisons where we, you know, shred them and then, you know, turn them into food. And, you know, we do we, we, we weird experiments on them. We wipe most of them out. We have almost no respect for them because they're nothing like us. We don't really understand them. Um, you know, yeah, I would have sentient. They're not. Exactly. Like yeah. I, I couldn't, like, I couldn't bring it to, I, it would be really hard for me to say that to my, to my young kids, right. but I probably should because it's the truth. Right. Because right. the other thing is kind of like a total bullshit lie. It's kind of like, Oh yeah, we love the animals. The animals are happy and they're talking to each other and they're kind of like, yeah, right. But (laughs) you know, but it's all total nonsense. Yeah, but you're good Uh, eating though. That's the truth. (laughs) A bit or disease. I love animals. Don't get me wrong, but I'm with you. But that's the thing. Yeah, that's the natural thing, right? Like we've always eaten animals, and then then there's this kind of reality that that goes along with it. Yes, and trying to deal, you know, and dealing with that on this new planet, and you know, trying to to look at the that sort of uh, conundrum. Yeah, with Paul um, making the trap. So he wants to eat him. He doesn't want to kill him. But you are killing him. But exactly. it's just from far away. 
it's just from far away. It's like the first step into to industrial farming, you know, where, where you just yes. keep removing yourself further and further away. Right. Uh, so they're not even that. animals anymore. They're just, right. you know, it's chicken. Yeah, it's just a thing and a wrapper and you eat it and you don't, you don't think about it, you know, but but they're on this new planet now where things are pretty primitive. You don't get to take much with you when you finally get there. So if you want to eat an animal on this planet, uh, it's it's a little bit of a it's a thing. You've got to really go out there and, and kill something. And uh, and, and you add, they get to a point where the farming uh, isn't working out so hot anymore. So they have to uh, start really you know, considering things they didn't have to consider before, you know, it's all well and good. If you've got a farm, the kids can eat these, you know, these wonderful potato like plants and it gives them all the nutrients they need. But then when you realize there's something wrong with those plants, oh, shit. Uh, you know, and then you're looking around, okay, there, there's, there's, there's something you maybe could eat out there, but this is going to be a, a pretty tough thing to teach, especially mm -hmm. the, the kid we've been with the whole time, you know, who, who knows nothing about that, you know, who we've taught to be a pacifist and, how evil war is and violence Complete and all atheist. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And now he's a secret believer, but not in Saul. He is. Yeah. Right. It, uh, he has a more kind of a kind of a pure belief. You know, the kind of, the kind of belief that I yes. think, you know, that many of us are just kind of born with. You just kind of think there might be something, but you don't really define it. And as soon as you try to define it, it kind of turns to dust, you know, sort of thing. But there is you know, it's it's just general spirituality, having some connection, you know, with the with the natural world. And this kid has that. And I think he keeps looking to it more and more because the androids are great. You know, they're great parents. But as soon as his siblings start to die uh, and they can't fix it and he starts looking for answers like, what do I do with all this pain I'm feeling? Like, what my, what do you mean he's never coming back again? Like, can you give me some something more to go on here? Like, you know, context to that? Right. Suddenly, yeah. suddenly all the science and the, and the the mathematics, it's not really getting the job done. Yeah. And suddenly the kid just finds himself, you know, praying uh, kind of off alone because he knows the androids won't let him do it. And he only knows about praying because they've taught him about Earth and these people who are mostly responsible for destroying it. And, you know, they taught him about prayer, you know, more about what not to do. Uh, right, but, but when you teach someone what not to do, you're also teaching them what you can do. Exactly. Exactly. Right. So, all right, yeah. let me let me move forward now. Is the memory archive becoming a drug? Well, uh, let's see. Well, yes. In many, when mother, so mother, yes, she is able to essentially go into her own memories she is able to kind of walk around inside them. So she can't really, she can't change them. You know, they just play. And it's kind of as if you were able to kind of go back in time into your own life and just kind of walk around in whatever memory you wanted to. You can get up close. You can see it from multiple perspectives. But uh, but you can't change anything. And uh, one of the androids discovers she has memories of, uh, of events that she didn't realize before, uh, specifically the moments uh, when she was reprogrammed. I can't uh, exactly by this guy named Campion Sturgeon. Blown away, by the way. So, so let me just say yeah. this. Sorry to interrupt. I, no, I've interrupted the least ever with you, ever in the whole I history of the show. I love being interrupted. <laughs> no, 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 not so much. Being interrupted, it's great. Yeah, that's what you say, and then you walk out of the writers' room. You're like, listen, that guy, get him out of here. No lunch. <laughs> right, exactly. Send him to his room. Okay, that's listen. Right. <laughs> but what I thought, and this is something else I think I said to Jason, is I compared the, the writing here in a lot of ways, not a lot of ways, in one way, to The Constant Gardener, where mm -hmm. when I first meet Mother, you know, you switch sides with her so many times, and then you realize when you 
see the Campion backstory and how she was reprogrammed, you're like, oh my God, could she have emotions? Could she be really feeling this? Yeah. I mean, thank you for that. Was that on purpose? Did you know that arc was going to happen midway and then hit another stride? Yeah. Yeah. I think mother's story was pretty, pretty figured out um, first before, before a lot of the other stuff was. So yeah. And that, you know, I think uh, just getting into her whole, you know, creation story and, and, uh, and then also, you know, trying to, and then her, the way she's kind of reacting to these, these memories that she has, you know, being able to observe these moments that she was unaware of previously. And now she's kind of interpreting them with these new kind of, because she's become more emotional over the past, you know, 12 years by raising We've these kids. Yeah, yeah they, because all her, all these things, ha you know, she was so intimately observing these kids, you know, so they began to kind of rub off on her. It was like less that these androids are changing the kids, it's more like the kids are changing the androids, making them, you know, and that the androids start to feel things that they, that aren't part of their program. Cause obviously they are programmed to, to, to look certain ways in front of the kids, to act happy, to do things. So the kids grow up, you know, healthy and feel loved and all of that good stuff. But eventually, you know, after the first child dies, they start to feel these other things that they mm -hmm. are unexpected. They're not part of the program and they can't control them, you know? So it can be great when you unexpectedly feel like jubilation and you didn't expect it. You're like, Oh wow, this is, this is emotion. This is great. But then your child dies and you realize you have this pain that just doesn't go away. And it just, you know, and it's like, Oh my God, this is like a disease uh, more than, than a blessing or, you know, some great thing. This is horrible. Yeah. Um, so horrible. and it goes back to the relationship with the kids and the animals. So it's all yeah. being interwoven, correct? Indeed, yeah, yeah. It all kind of comes out of the same thing. Yeah. One more thing I wanted to ask you about the creatures. Uh, you know, have you guys discussed it? Was it in your mind? Is there something in their blood? Um, the creatures do have an interesting backstory. I will say I that. Tell. So they have been. There is a logic to them uh, in a story, and I, I would even say that you'll you'll get a, a fair amount of that revealed at the end of this season. Uh, in terms okay. of that, so okay, I'll wait then. All right, yeah, yeah. so the, <laughs> a couple of the, weeks, yeah. the the hot wall, uh, the burning bush. Yes, uh, a little bit. I mean, I think. Well, is Lucas Moses in a lot of ways? Is he Moses? Moses and Jacob, you know, in some like, it feel like he's battling himself in the in the desert. You know, right. he's 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 a shepherd who's kind of went off into the desert away from everybody to come back and lead, and now mm -hmm. he's hearing the voice of something after the burning bush. There's definitely there's definitely connections to be made. Though I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's directly. It, it, you know, I, I, there's connections, there's similarities, but uh, but in many ways he'll veer from uh, from that construct. You know, the the, Mo, the Moses of it all. I think because I think well, we're starting to see it. Yeah, well, I think there's there's aspects. I think of a lot of these ancient tales. You know, the, these these Old Testament stories, these old Greek myths, these. Uh, you know, Grimm's fairy tales, the really old, really fucking the real weird. ones. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's, but we're not really directly cribbing those necessarily, you know, pieces of them, but wanting them to feel. Well, there's like, no cribbing going on here. I just feel illusion, you know, yeah. I think, but in a good way, I mean, sometimes you can crib and it can be in a good way. You know, I think no, I feel, I feel like there's just these, you know, kind of thematic ideas that are helping yeah. fill the dichotomy of these characters. Yeah, I think that that's what we're trying to do. I want it to feel because in some ways this is the, you know, we're telling the new history, the the, the, the new ancient history of this new earth, you know, and I think yes. in a lot of ways, 
those things were going to go away, Jason. Yeah. <laughs> go away. Are you here to red light? Yeah, I'm here to red light. Oh, God. Okay, seven symbols of Saul? Like those those seven symbols around the sun? Is that? Yeah. What, uh, well, they, those are all part of the uh, seven stages of initiation. Um, that actually, you, we don't find out too much about that in season one, but that is part of the, and, you know, Mithraism is a real religion, a, a real cult that came out of uh, Roman times. And they have these seven stages of initiation. Uh, and we know kind of what the symbols of those stages are, but they don't know exactly how it all worked. Because one of the great things about this religion in terms of how it applies to the show is how much of it was mysterious. How much, because it was a very secretive group, uh, these Mithraic uh, Romans. And they didn't like to, if you weren't part of the, the cult, they would not speak, you know, about what uh, any of these uh, ceremonies involved. Okay, this last thing, because it's so simple, so easy, is Hunter, yeah. the, the poor woman who was assaulted on the, you know, while hibernating, is Hunter yeah. her ex-boyfriend? Uh, no, he is not. Hunter's <laughs> so we don't have to argue about that. So I have to let you go. Yeah. Unfortunately, I have a whole uh, other group. Yeah, he, of questions. He's got six pages to go. Please so come, back. You, oh you come back. At a, a Can serious... we please come back seriously at the like, season finale? That's been great. Love to love to real, real quick. I have a couple questions. One, oh, you, see, you have anything to say about the release schedule? Why am I getting three, then one, then two, then three? It's a very yeah. Is there a um, reason. Is it, uh, uh, there are reasons, but I, even I barely understand. <laughs> I'm just curious because it's I like, you, yeah, yeah, so like you give me two this week, which is awesome. But that feels like it just means you're gonna. That means it's gonna end quicker, and at the same time, I'm so grateful for it. How many are we um, getting? Uh, I think you know what you could probably expect. I think you continue this pattern that's been going on, and probably the, the finale will be a, a single. A single. Do, so like 14 in total. There's 10. Just 10. Mm. We're almost yeah. done. Um, and then I, I also want to let you know, you, 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 you had a lot of nightmares of, uh, falling into holes. I, I, uh, my nightmares are always that gravity stops and I fall off the earth. So I could write, I'm going to write the opposite of whatever you're writing. Cause I think we have opposite nightmares. I think so. Me as well. I have a fear of heights. Terrible. Terrible. Well, Aaron, thank you. And yes, thanks. We love the show in, in every Thursday. HBO Max, biggest thing out there. Wonderful, wonderful, amazing sci-fi. Raised and, uh, by Wolves. Raised by Wolves. Thank you so much, Aaron. Thank you so much, Thanks, Aaron. Have a wonderful day. Thanks. He's so cool. I mean, you know that I just, I could have, I was so, and I love seeing you most always. I, I was so not happy to see you. <laughs> I know. I well, and I, I didn't want to do it either, and I knew that. Um, and I, I. The only thing I think would have happened if I let you stay long enough, you were going to get secrets out of them, and then I would have to murder you. I, listen, I don't really want the secrets. Like it's the first time I didn't want to spoil stuff. You know, like I don't want to. It's the first time I cared about spoiling stuff because this show is like it's it's very special. It is. It you is, know? and and one of the best parts of really good sci-fi or and even fantasy, I think. Mm -hmm is the world building and the lore yes. and getting into those pieces and you can tell a really good writer oh, a really creator. good story creator when when there's all all the stories already there they just give it yeah. to you as it's needed as the as the story provides it you know um and that's what it feels like it's all there we we just and, and we could probably discover it on our own if we looked hard enough because it all exists within the system well you yeah, know because you hear it he, he spent years on the world before he even started writing mm -hmm. the pilot yeah, you know things like this, things like Tolkien's worlds, and and you know J.K. Yeah. Rowling's. Do you remember and the first time you read the Lord of the Rings, like the first oh, yeah. book? Oh yeah, absolutely. I, do I remember how I was laying in bed? 
you know, like on what side and how I was reading it. You mm -hmm. know, uh, it was a paperback. Yep, mine too. By the time got to me, I didn't have a hard copy. Me too. I remember that very well. I mean, and this is just I one of those great it. movies like that. Yeah, I mean. But and this is also, but I feel the lore here, the world mm -hmm. building, like you said, is uh, HBO Max is killing it. Killing it. Well, and you know, I, I, this is, and this is a show that's not on HBO, period. So this is HBO Max only. This is one of the, the few. Val HBO Max only? What? The no. The Val is also. No, the Val is on HBO proper. Let's go with it, Jason. <laughs> no, that's, well, that's, and that's part of the thing. Like you, mm -hmm. you look at all this stuff that HBO is doing, uh, Lovecraft Craft Country is an HBO, HBO Max show. Oh, um, some of this on. other stuff is, but, um, this in particular is not. So it's, it's, it's pretty incredible. You were showing some of that sketch to screen stuff. Like, mm -hmm. you know, when you inspire one of the, you know, greatest directors after reading your pilot to, to storyboard the whole fucking pilot, you know, you're, you're good. You're good. You're all, your kids are, you're all three of your kids and your wife and you, and I'm sure your wife makes a bunch of money. You're all eaten for a long, long time. Like, this is something I feel like Ridley came out of hiding. You know, like, and not, you know, I don't say that with any disrespect. I say, like, it wasn't anything that compelling. And then I saw this without knowing really Scott directed it and was so compelled. I couldn't take my eyes off the screen. I still oh, yeah. can't. I watched the whole season again. I know. And not, you know, listen, you know, I'm always very prepared, but this was, this was different. Oh, I know. I know. And I could tell. Stop I stop me or you want me to keep going? No, I'm just talking. I love it. All right. I don't know. I don't know. Because I know, uh, you know, I sat around and watched it in my me undies. <laughs> yes you did do you like the way i did that i didn't even try there <laughs> I, was I was like, like nah, i got this ah me undies well yeah, let's just talk about it you i mean and i i wonder you know that's when you know you have a real hit when you get um me undies <laughs> version like when we get our uh we get our um little knock knock dad jokes like uh of a uh, father on our yeah, me undies that you know that's when you know the the raised by wolves me undies will be uh will be the sign of a true hit are there Game of Thrones me undies? Are there are. Right? I think there are. Well, I, I have a pair of dragon ones. Yeah, um, so I'm not sure if they're from there. I got some. I got my Back to the Futures. I've got my Rick and Mortys. Um, yeah. Oh, you know, there's a Rick and Morty like weed pen. Oh yeah. There's. Oh, you know. There's that. everything. Not to digress fast undies to weed, but no, yes. no, no. So yes, right. So let's get back because me undies is not only. I think there is. I'm almost positive there's a Game of Thrones thing. And mm -hmm. again, it's it's all in the micro modal. Micromodal, this is their proprietary fabric that they develop from these, again, my favorite thing, sustainable beech wood trees. Pulp to... Oh, wait, pulp to yarn. Pulp to yarn. Right. That's what it is. I still can't get it right. <laughs> pulp to yarn. But that's it. They're not killing the trees. The trees aren't yep. hurt. The trees give us the pulp. Make it beech yarn. And, and the fabric, oh my God, I'm sitting in it right now. <laughs> it's so nice. They're so nice. Yeah. Shake I, it up. I, I, but they also, they, 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 they handle everything properly. I would like to get some MeUndies sheets, and I'm not joking. Like, I would like some micro-modal sheets. I want them to make them. I want them to deliver them to me. And they could just stitch a bunch of underwear together. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a, um, a, a tip. Not really a tip so much as a, a admitting just something. I, I get just so many. <laughs> just, I have, have MeUndies that are new when they come in the thing. And so a couple times... When I needed to go outside um, during the COVID-19 pandemic, I took one leg and I put it over my head and I tucked the other leg into the back of my shirt and just used MeUndies as my mask. The micromodal. Comfortable uh, micromodal mask. It was so soft. I want them to away. create some... social distancing. You're, yeah. you're helping everyone. Yeah. And I'm wearing underwear on my face. And, <laughs> and, yeah. and you're getting to wear underwear on your face out in public and you're not I'm robbing getting a to. bank. 
Exactly. Exactly. You know, bank robbers were like, this is the best thing that ever happened. And then so soft on my face. I don't get any of that. I don't break out the way I used to other underwear. Give me scratches. And every time uh, pantyhose make my face break out. The micromodal from the natural sustainable beechwood trees. I'm telling you, this is the thing. It's not just, it's not this random thing. It's proprietary. And it's, it's like, that's why it feels so good all over. It's it's the best. So good all over me. So what's the, what's the code? It's stuck. The offer code is stuck for 15% off your orders. You know, also you will get an additional 15% off if you do your subscription. I highly recommend a subscription. I highly recommend setting up a system where every time you get a new pair of MeUndies, you throw out some of those old bullshit underwear you had. Just say bye-bye, Hanes. You know, I I love you fruits of El Loom, but get the fuck out of here. Throw them out. Me on these. So, and the other thing that we we decided is that we want raised by wolves me on these, and we yes. want stuck at home me on these. That's right. That's right. That's what we're going for. That's where we're working towards. We are. Towards. We're almost there. That's where we're working towards. We're there in India. <laughs> we are. Yes, we are. And Colombia. <laughs> by the way, in Trinidad. <laughs> and Greece. And Canada. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Just saying, hey, Apple, are you listening? I don't know. I just, I didn't hear anything. Wait, wait, wait. Is that? No, wait. Where are the crickets? <laughs> you know, you have a, um, it'll be the last one. Yeah. There they are. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Jason regrets the oh day he set up goodness. a whole oh thing for me. I do. It's, it's not. I do. I was it's like, not I pretty. can get this Me on these code stuck. You get 15% off. Do the subscription. That's the way to go. 15% yep. off the subscription. You're barely paying. Darn right. It's so worth it. It's so yep. worth it. All right. Are, All we, right. are we finished? No, we got 15 minutes. No, I'm in finished with MeUndies. Yeah, we're finished with MeUndies. Yeah, Forever. No, we're finished for today. No, that was good for today. Well, okay, yeah, I feel like we got paid. It's amazing. That's, that's, this is a job for us. I love this. So, I know, right? Oh, God. So raised by wolves. Again... I mean, I didn't even get to all my <laughs> all my questions, so I apologize. What are you touching on your um, What are you touching on your microphone right now? Are you grabbing something? No, I haven't touched a thing. Oh, what, did something oh, change? Something's changing. Yeah, you. But I didn't touch anything. All right, let's check. So what what can I do? I don't know. Does that I don't know. Anything? I'm sure you're doing something over. It's Does fine. that It'll, change anything? No, you're you're better. You're better. You sound better. All right, all right. We'll work on it. I thought I thought we had this beat. We do. We do. There's something. I I don't know what's I don't know what's going on, but there's something going on. I'll I'll figure it out. I know you will. You always figure this stuff out. <laughs> it's not. It's not a big deal. All right. So that was fun. Okay, was we have awesome. to move on from that. I'm, I have a little adrenaline. So <laughs> okay, but you heard him, right? And HBO Max, you heard him. Aaron said he's coming back for the season finale. So Scott, book that now. They know when the date is. They do. So they book do. that now. Get that locked in. Aaron said yes. Don't let him. Don't let the iron cold go. Said yo. <laughs> so, okay. Um, what else you been watching? Have you been watching? I mean, I know you watched all of this again. So, I mean, there's I not. You don't need to watch more of the things. <laughs> but uh, I probably have. Wait, remind me what's out. What's going on? And I probably have watched it. Um, let's see. I I don't know. There. I mean, we've got. Um, we. You know, you're not watching the the sportsy stuff, right? Listen. Um. Uh. No. No. I'm not. I'm not. But th- let me tell you though that. Uh, <laughs> Damn Ted Lasso for making me maybe be slightly now curious about. I might be soccer curious, football curious. Football curious, huh? Yeah. Um, did you get did, did you get a chance to check out any of the winners for um, last night on uh, what do we the got? Creative, creative what do we got? Emmys. Tell me. 
Well, I mean, we could go down through some of the stuff. There's, Let's. I mean, some of the stuff's interesting. Not all, you know, the winners are probably the people you didn't necessarily always want. Um, best visual effects, I think, you know, I think hands down that was going to go to the Mandalorian because that 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 setup that they have is pretty incredible. Okay. Um, so I think that that one won. Uh, Vikings won for, for, <laughs> which is a, can you explain this one? Special effects in a supporting role. For Vikings. For like they have just a couple of effects. <laughs> yeah, for Vikings. Wait, special. I don't understand. Special effects in a supporting role. So that yeah, means that, they did something to a supporting character who, that it was so visually stunning, they won a creative arts Emmy. Oh, um, no, I think what it means is that the, the, the effects aren't like the biggest part of the, the scene. Maybe they, they changed out the water or they fixed fish or something. It was just like a, that's what I want to find out. That's why I was curious if you knew. Mm. Uh, I feel like. No. <laughs> right? I don't I mean, know. Do, what do you think? I, I think that, you know, I think that, uh, I, I think that a, a special effect, what I think it means is that it, um, that, that, that it's not like a major portion of the, the system and maybe it's just a little thing. Like they had to figure out how to make the boat or something. Like there's a, some sort of effect that was limited to a, you know, a so, smaller scale. I don't know. It's a reasonable definition, but now, yeah. now I want to know. Wait, what did what did Bryce ask here? So sure. it was campy and naturally born an animal lover. Well, I wish we got this when Aaron was on. I feel like he was though. I feel like he was born an animal lover. That's my answer. I mean, if I was. Yep, I think so too. Is that it? Yep. Well, okay. I I'm not sure, <laughs> but I think I I think that. Uh, well, you put it up, so I was just. Oh, I know. I just put it up it. for you. I was. Uh, I don't know the answer. I was just putting stuff up. While you you got me doing three things at once, brother. No, I don't want you to do three things at once. Let's get, wait. I see your mom said something about a mushroom high oh. conversation. You guys. Okay, wait. I'm gonna put on my glasses and stop acting like I. I'm not straining my eyes. You guys sound like you're having a mushroom high conversation. This is a funny me indie conversation, like Dr. Seuss. <laughs> oh, I say me undies. Okay, yeah. I got it. Me indie. Okay, that's good. Thank you, Linda. Linda, I hope yeah. you're feeling well today. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. It it doesn't necessarily say what uh, that is. I I'll have to do a little more research, but I can't necessarily find what uh, the supporting role means. Okay, what um, else? It we tells got? me who the winners are, but it doesn't tell me who what they are. Um, best cinematography went to The Watchmen. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Single series half hour went to the Mandalorian for cinematography, which interesting because I, I mean, you know, we know how that I think it's all set up. Um, our, our, uh, you know, marvelous Miss Maisel won for character makeup and period period makeup, but that's not the the pieces that we were messing with. Uh, um, did it, so it didn't win costume. I'm looking for that right now. So, sci- fantasy sci fi costumes went to the Watchmen, mm-hmm. um, which is an interesting. Like that, that's broken out. So, period went to, actually, period went to the crown. Didn't go to Miss Maisel, which, I mean, the crown has some good stuff. I, I'm not going to deny yeah. that. I did. I was rooting for my girl, though. I mean, well, also in knowing that she makes all of those costumes. Right. I mean, that's not that's not just you know dressing people or, or, or you know she's making it. Up. Anyway, okay. I'm the crown is amazing. I'm not poo pooing the crown. I love yep. the show. Huge absolutely. fan. I mean, and listen, that's a tough, by the way, that's a tough vote. Oh, absolutely. It is a tough vote. Um, but you're right. I mean, she does make every single one of those things. That Maybe stuff the, is so on point and period. Yep. Uh, it, it just is great. Maybe the crown does too. I don't know, you know, but we know that she does for sure. Yeah. That's a rough vote. That's a, listen, if that's who you're losing to, you're in, you know, you're in the the top 
echelon of everything. Yeah. Right? Um, Go on. We got uh, Succession for best single camera picture editing. Um, yeah. Uh, single, you know, and they actually had two different episodes up for um, Mandalorian had three uh, and uh, Succession had two. And then there was a Stranger Thing and an Ozarks in there. But uh, yeah, su su Succession won for single pe camera picture editing. Mm -hmm. uh, Watchmen for limited series. Oh. Um, sound mixing for comedy or drama went to The Mandalorian, which I don't agree with, obviously. Um, but this is not the one that The Boys was up for. Um, mm, okay. Continue, it's a real sir. weird set of uh, groups because it's comedy and drama. So you have The Mandalorian, Modern Family, The Ranch, Shits Creek, and Space Force. So I guess out of those, I'm sure that The Mandalorian was probably mixed the best. <laughs> um, Okay. Uh, Watchmen was sound for uh, the, the the limited series, um, and then the, the one hours. Uh, it was it ended up being Stranger Things that won that over the boys. Uh, Better Call Saul, The Crown. Mm -hmm. um, outstanding. Let's see what else we got here. A lot of Mandalorian wins. They won for other you know sound effects. Uh, production design went to the Mandalorian. Uh, yeah, production design for narrative. Handmaid's yeah. Tale oh. over. Which I, I mean, I thought that that morning show should have. That was the one that I really thought, you know, that was pretty impressive. Yeah, I, I, yeah. the Handmaid's Tale one for yeah. over the morning show. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I know how much you love those, but uh, that's that's kind of what was went through today. Look, he got the right sound. Come on. I, I um, that's that. and that's about it. Mandalorian okay, took it. most everything. Every, if I didn't bring it up, it was because the Mandalorian won it. Right, right. Okay. Well, but that's I feel so like because I don't watch awards. So did the actual main awards happen yet? No, the, the main awards are happening this weekend. That's Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, I don't know. Who Jimmy was. Um, okay. Emmy awards. Yep, yeah, looks like Jimmy Kimmel hosting hosting the Emmys alone. He's coming out of uh, of uh, dormancy. Yeah. Hibernation. Yeah. I yeah. I, I believe he. Well, he's still doing the show, isn't he? Does he still do his his late night every night? Uh, didn't he take some vacation because of the whole controversy oh, or something um, that happened or whatever? I, I I feel like I remember that, but you know I don't follow the. This was entertainment news, so it was more cancelish culture. But he feels too big to cancel. Yeah, I think I don't think he stopped doing anything. I know he went. Um, he went, he didn't, he, he, I think he might've gone off social a little bit for, for all that stuff, but I don't think he, he left, but I, you know, I, I honestly, the late night stuff bores the shit out of me. Yeah. So let's days. move on. Uh, so, but he is hosting this and this, this is this Sunday. Yep. Okay. So we'll find out what the, uh, big, uh, shows do or do not do. Yep. All the big, all the big awards, but you know, these, these the creative arts pieces are really, interesting to us because these are the people we get to talk to and these are also the people that um yeah. you know uh are make the train are, go won't make the train go but also these are the people like you know how do you get into this stuff this is the stuff where for our for our homies that we can talk about like hey you know I, I love set dressing or doing these kind of pieces how do we get you know these these are the great people that we can talk to and learn about how to get into this business if you're not you know you don't want to be an actor you're not an actor you're not a you know writer there there's still ways to participate in this business in a very uh significant way uh, uh amen okay i couldn't agree more so <sighs> all right i'm just gonna say the golf thing 
okay. the way, is is uh, I I, w- I just don't understand. I mean, maybe there's not a big call for golf, but why can't they just make the virtual golf that I could play at home? Like a virtual golf, like a yeah, where you swing, you like have the headset on, like your whole setup. Do you have a virtual oh. golf game you could play? Um, I could, I could set one up, but I don't. But yeah, I could probably put a. I mean. Well, do you have to set it up, or could you use it with your setup right now? Well, I could probably set it up with my thing. I would, you know, but you could actually take a golf club. You could put a sensor on it, and you could actually make it a golf club. Yeah, sure. Really? I'm sure you could. I, I'd have to look it up a little bit. Is that, um, were you playing last night? And go, Gosh darn it, why can't I have a real golf club? Yeah, like not a real golf club even. I don't care, like even how Nintendo did it, or even how PS4 has the uh, controllers if you hold them both like a club and mm-hmm. swing. I, I don't know, you know what I mean? But like something where you're actually feeling like you're playing, I feel like we're advanced enough at this point that I don't have to feel like I'm still in my bedroom. Got it. Yeah, I think, you, I mean, there's a couple things to that, I think, that, that make that a little bit limiting for some people. One, the weight of a real club and putting that in front of your TV is just asking to replace a lot of TVs. So I think for a lot of people, um, <laughs> sure. yeah. those systems, I mean, even with the, you know, even with the Wii Sports and the Nintendos back in the day, so many, they had to... People put their hands through the... Yeah, they'd, lo- they'd lose control and these, these things would go flying. So I think at a certain point, like to get a real golf setup, you can do those things where you basically create the... Uh, you know, the screen, you have the grass and you'd have to, you'd have to create that, you know, you have to create a little bit of a bigger footprint to really make that thing feel real. But there are, um, I'm just looking up, there's, there's VL golf sets. There's, um, uh, that, that they do, and you could actually connect a a real club to it. So it feels a little bit more real. I think the tricky part for me, honestly, with that kind of stuff is the same stuff that would feel tricky, uh, for an avid golfer is like, you know, to get that to feel right and feel one-to-one, would be very mm-hmm. tricky, and at the same well, time, I think the top flight thing, right? Yeah, that's why they have all that top flight stuff. Because, you know, if you think about it, if you can get it right and you're playing it that way, but you, but it, it would actually potentially wreck your regular golf game because you get used to swinging for the, you know, unless you got it perfect, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and unless you know that all those tactile things were perfect, you basically, if you're a real avid golfer, it would actually make your game worse because you'd be playing for the, you know, you'd be practicing one way and playing it other way. Yeah, you're actually right. That's a very good point. Meanwhile, I still wish they had it. Oh, me too. Um, but I they mean, do. You you just have to get a. Um, you just have to spend. A, I would say probably you just need three or four thousand extra dollars for the computer, <laughs> and then another two or three for the VR headset setup, and then maybe another, two, you know, five hundred. So for around ten club. ten Gs, you could probably set up a decent VR system in your house that would have that capability. And I found out how much Jason's cost. <laughs> no, it only took me no, three Stephanie. Days. That is not how much this one costs. <laughs> that is not. Don't listen to him. Uh, no, no, no. It was just a good joke. It was just a good setup. It was a good joke. Listen, don't you can listen. listen if you want. She listens don't. to me, Stephanie. No, don't don't listen to him. Don't listen <laughs> she, to him. Is she there? Is she right there? No, I don't know where she is. I, feel I like think she's did. in the front room. She's okay. in the front room. She only really hears me. So if she hears "Don't listen to him," it actually is key to go. Oh, what am I missing on the show? And what's happening on our next thing? Like, what's going on in our next episode? Is this tomorrow? You know, we're not supposed to say tomorrow, but like, uh, what are we doing? Are um, we tell everybody are we here. Are we, is the Bob Saget thing? Like, what are we? So, oh yeah. So yeah, absolutely. So tomorrow we're not going to do a live show, but we're going to be releasing the Bob Saget episode. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I think that's what we're doing, right? Or am I? I, oh. I think we are. I mean, that's, I remember that's yeah, what that's, that's what we're doing. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. That's what we're doing. So tomorrow we're, we're not going to do be live. So we'll, we'll see you next week, but we're going to be releasing the Bob Saget episode on, on the, uh, on the feeds. 
we had a really great week, and it's been a lot of fun. Um, we're going to have some really great guests next week, too. Um, and, uh, you know, I think, let's see, what do we got going on next week? We got, um, we're going to be talking with the showrunner from the new sne- uh, Netflix show, Sneakerheads. We have Tammy Roman, who's one of the biggest, you know, from uh, Basketball so Wives and she's, and from The Real World to L.A., um, if you really want to go back a little bit on go that back. stuff. Go back old school. We're going to be talking to the, uh, the Hollywood Reporter um, some, uh, about oh, po- post-Emmys on Monday. It'll be really great. And we got uh, Jay Holzer from Tastemade coming in next week so we got a we got a really fun week next week and we have the reporter in thr on monday to talk about the the emmys yep yep i mean how great are are we we're amazing i feel we're we're the best i feel like we are i feel like you know apple are you listening everybody go do me a favor everybody go make reviews or something on apple go make reviews yeah, make reviews and and leave them all over Apple. All the 4chan people make reviews. Go you make know, reviews. make us the next uh, uh, president of podcasts. I would. I would. I'll. I will nominate myself as. Uh, this, I will. I will give she myself those like weird sheep like uh, chops. I'll give myself mutton chops and you know old podcast mutton chops. All right, this is your last chance. You're not coming away with me this weekend, right? I can. I would love to so much. You man, say that, but, but you're not coming. Yeah, because I can't. My my back, my back, my pussy, and my crack. Um, <laughs> so Steph- Stephanie would let you if you wanted to. Oh yeah, I just uh, yeah. Stay yeah. safe, stay sane, <laughs> stay strong. <laughs> we'll see you next week, everybody. Thank you. For see you next everything. week. Thank you. <laughs>